Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to GBN's live interview. On today's show, we welcome New York Times best-selling author, Clarabel Ortega. Clarabel just recently released her newest middle grade book entitled, Witchlings, by Scholastic Publishing. A wonderful, magical look into friendship, family, expectations, and courage. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GBN Live Interview. I am your host, Martin, and today I have the privilege of speaking to New York Times bestselling author, Clarabel Ortega. Clarabel has transitioned from a small-town reporter to an award-winning author with her book, Ghost Squad, and the recently released Witchlings, which is a wonderful and whimsical look at family, friendship, expectations, and courage wrapped in a sometimes dark supernatural blanket. So we're going to talk to her about her beginnings, her first book, and its success, her new book, Witchlings, and also her upcoming graphic novel, Frizzy. So let's welcome Clarabelle Ortega to GVN Live Interview. Thanks for giving us some of your time, Clarabelle. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to jump right into a little bit of your background. Okay, you started off with an interest in journalism. Uh, how did uh, going from journalism go into book writing? And was there any, did you have like a favorite author or series that might have inspired you to uh, go that direction? Sure. Um, so I originally did want to study creative writing in college, um, but I actually got rejected from my creative writing program. Um, and I think that was mostly because um, it was more like literary um, writers. It wasn't really any like genre fiction. Um, which is sort of like a common thing um, in creative writing programs, or at least it was uh, when I was in college. I think things have changed a little bit. Um, and so I sort of said, okay, what can I do that involves writing um, that's not, you know, the creative writing program? And I loved to write, you know, like essays and I loved the news. So I was like, well, I'll go into journalism. Um, and I ended up really liking it and I learned a lot. Um, but, you know, I've always been a really big reader. Um, in terms of what inspired me to become a writer, there are so many different books. I think it would be really, really hard for me to choose one. I would say probably what started my love of like fantasy, which is what I um, primarily write, um, was the Lord of the Rings series. Um, I had a teacher in high school introduce me to The Hobbit um, and I read that and then I quickly ran through all of the other books and I just really became obsessed with it. And that was around the time that the movie started coming out as well. So it was kind of perfect. Um, but um, I'm also really inspired by the Goosebumps books um, by R.L. Stein. Those were like my favorites as a kid as well. Yes, I can. My, actually, my daughters still have almost of their Goosebumps books. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm trying to talk to my grandson and reading them because uh, he loves to read. But uh, so far, he's shown no interest, which is, oh, which wow. is fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, OK, so. Uh, looked on your website, and by the way, it's very well done. Oh, thank uh, you very much. But uh, I noticed that you had an interest in like eighties pop, pop culture. So mm -hmm. if if you had to pick, I don't know, we're talking books, movies, films. I know you mentioned arcades. What are your so what, what are your favorites during the the whole eighties thing? And do you think that uh, did they shape your literary view uh, at all? 
Yeah, I mean, I was a baby during for, you know, I was born in 84. So I, I don't necessarily like remember the 80s. But like, a lot of the things that came out in that time were really formative for me anyway, like, I have older brothers and sisters and they were really obsessed with things like the Goonies and um, Gremlins and all of those things I kind of grew up uh, watching the Goonies especially I feel like all my books have this sort of like undercurrent of um, underdogs um, trying to sort of like fight against like these scary adults. Um, and I think middle grade um, is like sort of a perfect platform to to tell that kind of story. Um, so for sure, uh, it's like I'm like blanking right now, of course, but there are tons of movies I loved. Um, the Goonies, like I said, um, but I also loved like all of the John Hughes movies a lot. Um, I got into those when I was like a little bit older, um, but just anything really that had to do with like kids and um, growing up and sort of like learning who you are and also, you know, fighting like unjust and corrupt systems, um, which was the theme of a lot of the things that I watched when I was younger. Right. And actually, and that, that certainly comes out in your books. Okay. So yeah. your first book, Ghost Squad, was a mix of pop culture, as I said, also kind of a bit of mix of Ghostbusters, magic and cats. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So how did that first book come together? And did you have any idea how successful it was going to turn out to be? Um, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I didn't think it was going to do well because it came out in April of 2020, <laughs> which ah, yeah. was right as things were completely shutting down. So I really super lowered my expectations. Um, it's what, uh, you know, in publishing, they would call like a quieter book. It's not a book that had like a huge amount of like marketing or buzz around it in the very beginning. Um, a lot of the stuff that, um, excitement that did grow grew from sort of like my online community because I am from this sort of like newer generation of writers that has documented every single step of my career on the internet like from before I even started querying literary agents I was sharing snippets of my writing and there are people who have been following me 10 years who have been there from the very beginning so when Ghost Squad um, was about to come out it actually benefited me to be super online. Um, I know that there's this um, sort of idea that social media doesn't sell books. And I understand why people say it because like when you're talking about like one-to-one -one sales, like me tweeting something is not, the link to my book is not necessarily going to lead to like, you know, a thousand sales of the book. But what happens is you can forge a community on there and that can lead to those sales and that buzz and that excitement. And that's really what happened with uh, Ghost Squad. Um, you know, it was very uh, championed by the people in the book community and that helped it to reach um, a wider audience despite all of the setbacks because of um, the pandemic. Um, and really it was sort of a love letter to things like The Goonies and Stranger Things and all these things that I grew up loving. Um, I mean, all the cats in um, Ghost Squad are named after the Goonies, um, specifically as like an homage to that uh, movie. And um, I just wanted to write something that was like a fun sort of Halloween adventure that felt something like Halloween Town or Hocus Pocus um, that people could really get lost in and have that feeling of like kids on bikes just riding through town trying to defeat these like scary ghosts. Um, and yeah, I had so much fun writing it. I said, and actually, you know, the, the fact that it came out during, you know, the, the pandemic, I mean, people were stuck at home, they, they needed yeah. an escape. So I mean, it, it kind of came at a good time for that. Now, did yeah. I read somewhere that this book's going to be uh, maybe possibly made into a uh, 
a, a, either a film or a series or something yes like yes um so brenda chapman who worked on um who, who won the oscar for brave and who worked on uh, things like uh, prince of egypt um she signed on to direct and write the screen um play for ghost squad so that's been in the works for quite some time okay so uh do you have any input into that or do, do you did you want any any input into that um not for ghost squad so <laughs> it it really depends on the book and the kind of deal that you have for, for ghost squad it's a little bit more hands-off for me um but hopefully if something does happen in the future for witchlings or in one of my other books i would sort of like to be more involved only because i feel like i have my footing a little bit more sort of in the industry so now i want to learn more things and like spread my wings which is probably why you know they kind of structured it with your first one because right you didn't have that experience yet but mm. as you said the further along you go then your kind of your uh ability to right. maybe will will increase okay so your your next book which is of course which leans which uh i enjoyed very much thank uh, you very it's, much <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind of a whimsical and magical tale with uh uh, especially the emphasis on friendships and courage and, and facing impossible odds, which is kind of the stuff that you talked about. So can, can you tell our followers a little bit about the book and uh, how that story came about? Sure. Um, so Witchlings is about 12-year-old Seven Salazar. Who At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill who is an overachieving nerdy witch and she wants nothing more than to be sorted into one of the cool covens um, in her town called Ravenskill. Um, and her worst fear is becoming a spare witch, which is a leftover witch. They have less magic and they're, they're discriminated against basically in this world. Um, and of course, that's exactly what happens. It's not a spoiler. That's, you know, the premise <laughs> of the book. Um, uh, Seven becomes a spare witch and she is about to lose her magic altogether because her coven circle doesn't close. Um, in her coven are um, a new girl named Thorn LaRue who just came to town and has a terrible secret and her bully Valley Pepperhorn. Um, so Seven's not very happy about it obviously um, and when the the her magic circle is not going to close, which means she's going to lose her magic. And instead of letting that happen, she pulls a Katniss and she invokes something called the impossible task. Um, and it's basically a magical trial that they have to solve in three weeks or they get turned into a trio of toads. And I, and I was I was thinking as I was reading this, I said, number one, it took a great deal of courage for her to just even evoke that kind of like clause that no one ever evokes. Uh, and you know, except me, I, you know, if I went and spent all that time thinking, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to be with my best friend, we're going to be in this coven, and everything's going right. to work out great, and it doesn't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that I would have just melted into a puddle, and, it, <laughs> right. and nothing would have happened, right. uh, but, uh, you know, not to give too much away, though, but you also examine a little bit about spousal abuse, 
uh, was that something that was uh, intended from the beginning as you write, or is this something that kind of evolved as you wrote? Um, I knew that I wanted to do it from the beginning. Um, it's something that is really important to me as someone who suffered abuse as a child. Um, I had, you know, wonderful parents, wonderful family, and it still happened to me because, you know, it can still happen to basically any child. Um, and it's a very scary thing to navigate. Um, I still remember sort of not knowing what to do. Um, and so I wanted to talk about it in, in that way through the perspective of somebody who has been through it as a child and sort of how did I deal with it? What did I wish had happened? Um, and the fact that if you are someone who has witnessed that happening to a friend, you can tell a trusted adult and you should. And I really wanted to talk about it and talk about sometimes children lash out in ways that we don't understand. And it's because they're going through things at home that we might not know about. Um, that definitely happened to me. It affected my grades, it affected my mood, it affected so many things about my life. Um, and so I wanted to sort of explore that and talk about it in through the lens of like a fantasy world, because I think that um, fantasy is such a gift in that way. You can talk about all of these re real world, um, these heavy issues um, with this backdrop of like the fantastical. And I think especially for children, it helps to smooth the edges of it a little bit. So it's easier for them to consume. I said, well, actually, it, it was very well done. And I said, uh, uh, it was a great way to kind of say bridge the subject without making it too heavy. Uh, right. Okay, so um, for fans of audiobooks, both of your books are available on audio, uh, Audible. Uh, yes. So when it came time to adapt your books to audio, to audio did you have a specific narrator in mind or uh, a sound that you wanted to capture? Or did they kind of, again, sort of take, okay, we'll take your book and we're going to roll with it? Or did you have any input? Um, yeah, so I did have input for both books. Um, the way that it worked was um, they sent me auditions for, I believe this was about five or six um, voice actors for both books. And they read a sample of the book and then you sort of listen to it and listen to it and listen to it and try to get the feel of who your favorites are. And then I went back and told my publisher, these are my favorites. And usually we had sort of like a few in common in the top three, and then we narrowed it down from there. Um, so it was pretty collaborative. And actually for the Witchlings audiobook, I got to record a special feature as well, which was really cool. Um, and I got to go in the studio and do all this fun stuff. So that was great. <laughs> So, well, that's nice because, you know, I've talked to some voiceover, uh, but I never actually considered there, right, that they would give the author some choices. I always assumed yeah. that they say, okay, so, okay, this is the guy who's going to read your uh, book, and okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, uh, but but that's that's great. Okay, yeah. so uh, your books, of course, naturally have been embraced by young readers and by critics. What is it you think about the stories you tell that you think resonates with your intended audience? Um, so I, I I heard somewhere a long time ago that when an author is sort of obsessed with their characters, it shows and it sort of um, bleeds over into the readers. And I think that is something that's helped me a lot. I become very attached to my characters. I care about them a lot, even though I put them through a lot of stuff. Um, but I feel very attached to the story and to the characters and I'm very passionate about the things that I write. Um, so I'm hoping that that definitely helps translate into my books and people can feel it. But I also try to really tell stories with an empathetic lens, with a human lens, with the with an emphasis on the fact that nobody, none of us are perfect and we all have room to grow and to get better. 
and a big emphasis also on friendship and helping, um, you know, people out um, that are in your life. And I think it's all themes that, you know, especially during these times, people have really embraced because they've wanted both an escape, which both Ghost Squad and Witchlings provide, but also something that is going to show some like empathy and love and kindness, which I think is always important, but especially, you know, during times when the world seems to be on fire, it's even more, um, you know, resonant. Excellent. Okay, so uh, can I say, so you have Ghost Squad and Witchlings, but I, you also have a new graphic novel coming out called Frizzy with artist yes. Rose uh, Busarama. Uh, was a graphic novel something, I know you've done some, I uh, think some con contributory work with Marvel. Uh, yes. So uh, so was a graphic novel something you had planned on or was it just a natural extension from your, your book writing? I have always wanted to write graphic novels. I'm a huge graphic novel fan. Um, and it just so happened that um, Kiara Valdez, who is my editor at First Second, read Ghost Squad and really liked it and reached out to see if we could work on something together. And that's how Frizzy came about. So it wasn't anything that I specifically planned. It was something I had hoped for. And it just sort of worked out. <laughs> okay. So as far as your artist goes, was this uh, someone that uh, they connected you with or... Uh... Exactly. How did that come about? Yes. Yeah, so first, second, and my editor, Kara, uh, again, um, she found Rose. And um, I'm not sure exactly how the process of finding an artist goes on their end, but I know that um, she, she was really... Uh, she was uh, really insistent that we got someone who was good at um, illustrating hair, obviously. Um, so it was a bit of like finding someone who fit our schedule and who had the uh, the kinds of skills that we needed for this particular book. And Rose really worked out. Um, the artwork in the book is so beautiful and I'm very, very excited for people to read it. The reception so far has been excellent, so. Okay, and that comes out in July? In October. October, October. October. Eight, October 18th, yes. <laughs> all right, all right, very good. Okay, so uh, that's pretty much what I got for you, Clara Bo. But before I let you go, I want to give you another opportunity to kind of talk about what uh, your uh, projects you might have uh, upcoming, ones that you can talk about. And sure. where can people follow you on the web or on social media? Uh, sure, well, everyone can go pick out which, uh, pick up Witchling and Ghost Squad. They're both out now wherever books are books are sold. Um, you can also find all the links on my website, clarabellortega.com. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at clarabelle underscore Ortega. And you can also check out my podcast with fellow author Ryan Masala. It's called Bad Author Book Club. And we read books, uh, sort of like uh, wacky books by celebrities, fiction books only, no memoirs. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's wonderful. All right. Well, so again, I appreciate it, Clarabelle, and uh, we will be following uh, Witchlings and uh, your new book, uh, Frizzy, very closely. And uh, we hopefully we'll talk to you again real soon. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. It was great speaking to you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you for listening to GVN's live interview. Please come back again. GVN's live interview is a production of Geek Vibes Nation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.